Previously on Quest Friends. Mako, the Apocrypha isn't just hunting anyone. It's hunting us. So long as we are here, we are a liability to the people of Fasten. I don't want you to go, though. No, you can go, and the three of us will uh, will help with that. Jesse, Jesse, no, uh, you're not coming in this one either. Uh, Jesse, how about uh, how about you try our new boat that you and I have been working on for us? And meanwhile, Mauve uh, turns over to Everett, and she picks up a conspicuously rapier-sized case uh, and hands it out to him. Ellie Badge, just watch over my kids for me, will ya? A single blade of grass gently blows in the wind. Nearby, its siblings join in the lazy dancing. A broken hound walks onto the scene, sniffing the ground for clues as to where to find its next meal. It's quiet and harmonious. And then with an uncertain bang of an engine, the scene breaks. The hound yelps and runs, tearing up the grass and drip, which fly onto a speeding windshield. We see a figure emerge and start wiping off this drip-covered windshield. They turn around and shout out, Sorry everyone, I forgot to put on the wipers! And with this line, we can all see Jesse's magnificently horrendous vehicle that they built with Mako, with every loved imperfection. So you are now no longer on Ma Mauve and Mako's boat. Uh, which was theirs, you are now on your own vehicle. And I have uh, decided that even though Jesse built it, each of you as players gets to decide one defining feature of this vehicle. What the fuck are we looking at? I still want, potentially, but it can be a different thing, but it would be fun for it to have a giant propeller beanie hat on top of it that Jesse made so that Everett would like it. Alright, this car has a giant propeller beanie hat on top of it, and uh, this hat will uh, will decide in the moment what these mechanically do, but it can help it with limited flight, this propeller beanie hat. Yeah. Amazing. Alright, what else are we looking at with this vehicle? Can, instead of wheels, can it have, like, lots of little legs? Oh my god! No! <laughs> no! Oh, yes! No! Like a little millipede. Like a millipede! No! Yeah! Yes. No. Wheels on the bus go step, step, step. Step, step, step. I thought you hated it. You want them to be flesh colored and human looking or just millipede legs? Please, no. Uh, what are people feeling? I don't want to actually like gross anyone out and ruin this vehicle for them. I feel like to avoid like explicit body horror, we should go for bug legs. All right. So they're a little. Well, that might little... be. That might be worse. I. That's why I'm asking. No, I think they can be like little. Mechanical. Little mechanical sticks. Oh yeah, mechanical sticks. Yeah, Ari's gonna send something which I will link down below if you want to see what the body horror looks like. Okay. Uh, Alright, so it has little millipede legs. You are gonna fight your spiders with a millipede. Ooh, interesting. Alright, we've got two more features. Uh, Hallie and Emily. Save this thing or damn it, you decide. Have you met us? That's true. Hallie, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Well, mine isn't visible, though, because I wanted ejector seats. A youthful thing. <laughs> Can they actually be a little bit visible, though? <laughs> like yes, little springs? They, they have little springs. They're, like, painted with fire. They have, uh, uh, they have little, like, jetpacks on the side. You don't know whether or not they help, or they're just extraneous. Because if they helped, you will be very hot when you eject. <laughs> All right, and then Emily. Well, I know that it goes on... If it's millipede legs, it's kind of long, right? You would think, maybe? Because I think I want it to be kind of evoking the feel of a toy train. <laughs> so you want like, weird, boxy parts and clashing colors and, like, just absolutely atrocious. Okay, so we have... Like a kid drew a car. So we have a weird boxy train with ejector seats, a giant propeller beanie hat, and uh, lots of little legs that are mechanical. <laughs> uh, the last thing I will add on the color, it is red with black spots on it, 
and it is called the ladybug. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. All right. So um, you are going through the ladybug. One of you can drive if you want. If not, uh, Everett and, and Jesse will probably share the wheel. couple of housekeeping things. You can all full rest. And as you describe what you do, feel free to let us know of any new ability. Actually, no, the new abilities will just come up. I think most so of say them like, came up. <laughs> yes, these, yeah. Yeah, so most of the new abilities came up last session. So instead of having us describe it, I'll just say, if you want to know what the specifically new abilities are and the new skills, check questfriendspodcast.com, go into the bonus links, and I will have links to the actual character sheets. I do have a question. Um, I don't have my flux skill yet because that was going to be based on the books that Hop got from Zoe. And he was going to ask which one was her favorite so he could start with that one. So it was going to be specifically related to that book. Okay. She is going to give you a young adult novel about a intrepid airship adventurer. And it's like marginally historical, but marginally not. It's like historical, <laughs> like young adult historical fiction. Okay. Yeah, it's a young adult historical fiction. You've been, you've been reading that. It's the follow-up to the Tales of Captain Flyhook. It is now like uh, from the point of view of one of the uh, boys who worked on Captain Flyhook's ship. Okay. You know, one of those ones? Yeah. One of them Flyhook ships. Yeah, what's this? Because you get a new skill every morning. So what is your skill for the day going to be? Ah, I did to Captain Flyhook. Did Captain Flyhook do anything involving flying or hooks? Like, is he a grappling <laughs> hook? Like, he obviously flew a ship, but, like... Captain Flyhook did not use a grappling hook. He was a very boring man. Oh, oh, that's right. It's a very dry... I forgot that. However, one day, uh, the boy got into some of the cargo and actually found a grappling hook and he has a little mini adventure with it. It's one of those side ones. It's just like, here's a little fun story that's not actually part of the plot. Right. So yeah, we can say that there's a grappling hook adventure. The problem is that I don't have a grappling hook, so I don't know why I want to be good at grappling hooks. (laughs) Too late. You're good at it now. I'm good at grappling (laughs) hooks. Amazing. Okay, under flex skill, I put grappling hooks. Just for the day. And for the first time, this is a multi-day arc, so we'll see if it comes in handy. And as you're reading Hop, you feel a pair of eyes on your neck. And you turn over to see Jesse just looking at you with big eyes expectantly. And they just say, so? (laughs) Uh... Oh, yeah. How were things here while we were gone in Relidia? <laughs> no, no. Tell me everything. They, they were fine. We built we built this thing. It's really cool. No. <clears throat> what happened in Relidia? Tell me everything. Uh, Everett said you saw Miss Lorraine. She was there. Um, That's so great. How did it go? It's been so long. Yeah. It had been a few years. Um, uh, we got, we got Kubo back and we got the information, so it went about as well as could be expected, I guess. Yeah, it went, um, you know, uh, fine. Okay, and, and is, is Miss Lorraine, is she gonna follow us to, to Key? Because that would be a little tough, but it would be a lot of fun, too. No, I don't think, um, I don't think Lorraine's gonna be as involved anymore. Oh, well, that's okay. That'll happen soon eventually. She'll probably come over around the same time Mauve and Mako will. <laughs> that would be real funny getting in the way. Uh, anyways, I realize no one is driving the ladybug, so I should go do that. <laughs> oh my god. And they run back up to the front seat of the uh, vehicle. Fuck you, Kyle. Uh, and they keep driving over the three-day drive to Key. So you've got a couple of days. Anything remarkable happen during this time? Probably the only exciting thing is as soon as Jesse leaves, Hop feels another pair of eyes on his neck. And it's Zoe, which is terrible bedhead. So mostly he actually sees Zoe's eyes <laughs> emerging from like this bush of blue hair. Just like being like, well, what did you think of it? And we don't need to play that out, but that absolutely is what he's dealing with for a while. <laughs> that feels legitimate. Just uh, for, for clarification, so are we, are those three days, three days of us driving? Yeah, it's three days of travel. So like you might stop at a certain point, you know, if Jesse, you're on an important mission, but if Jesse sees the world's biggest ball of yarn, they're gonna demand you stop and take pictures and lift up the beanie from the ladybug and put it on top and take a picture of that. So you can be like, oh, something happened along the way. It's kind of like when you walked to Charmande. You're walking the whole mm-hmm. time, but you also can stop and rest. Well, the, uh, in that case, so Misha is going to request if they could drive at points because they kind of feel like they don't know exactly why they know it and they don't know why they liked it when they did, but they kind of really liked driving. 
And so they are requesting if they could do it. And also it's kind of an excuse for them to be like in their own thoughts. Yeah, Jesse is a little bit hesitant to give it up, actually, but ends up leaving and just distracts themselves with a million other things. Uh, You know, like a box of those games you take on trips. Yep. They have just torn into it. They've played every bit of like I spy with my little eye, except most of it is just planes. So it's just drit. Uh, And half the time they just forget what they're guessing that they usually play when they're in the seat right next to you. But you get behind this vehicle and it a normal person who drives vehicles would not be comfortable with something as weird as the ladybug. Someone with a specialization would still have difficulty. You do not. Okay. All right. That's fine. Also, since I don't know if they would necessarily know the direction, I want, uh, I, I basically want Misha to become knowledgeable on, on where this place is, since I can tap once a session into the data sphere to become an expert on something. Okay, cool. I won't go through the whole showy thing we normally do. No. It's kind of like how, you know, sometimes you skip the magical girl transformation sequence. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want Misha to be a GPS this session. So that's, that's what Misha is. <laughs> so uh, Ari and Misha get an ability where essentially there's this data sphere. So the data sphere, imagine it like the internet, but it's the atmosphere all over around you and there are actually living things in it there are three kinds of life there's mechanical robots organic people and then stratic which is something that lives in the data sphere and misha can have limited communication with uh, the data sphere uh, and pull in things to make them temporarily skilled so misha's now real good at gps and in this case they just opened google maps but good <laughs> and they do it three days in a row so they they get very used to gps and yeah so So Ellie's been thinking about what Mav said to her. And so probably more than once, I feel like Jesse's probably been trading out driving with Misha more than ever it has. Honestly, once Misha asks, Misha, are you ever going to give up that driver's sleep? Because you do not sleep. Yeah. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So no, Jesse is in the back after probably, I would guess, the first half an hour. Yeah. So are Jesse and Everett together or are there times where they're not? They sometimes are, and Everett doesn't seem to respond. Like, he perks up a little bit if Jesse does, like, I spy with my little eye. Oh, Marvin Mago. Oh, no, that's that was a cloud. And he he kind of, like, puts his head down a little bit more. But uh, so there are moments when they are separated. So she's not ready to deal with the boundless energy of Jesse. But I'm going to say probably two times so far, she's going to look really determined and start to walk over to Everett like she's going to ask him how he's doing. (laughs) And then she's just going to turn around and like lose her nerve. She's trying real hard to be a a good protector. One time you do that, you just see yourself get covered in in hair and then a pair of eyes poke out and it's like, oh, what are you up to, mom? Just pacing. Oh, okay. Well, there's not a whole lot of room for pacing here. But if you want, you could fly pace. And she just pulls up her hoverboard. I would have to teach you how to fly it. So really, I would be the one doing the fly pacing. But you would be there too. I'm good. Okay, maybe I should ask Everett to go fly pacing. He didn't seem interested in it when I first talked. But I've learned that when he doesn't seem interested in something, it means he's really interested in it. Yeah, maybe you should. And she's just gonna walk away. But I do want to, at some point, actually approach Everett. Okay. A while later, you approach Everett, and um, you can see that his hair is puffed up a little bit, as if wind has blown through it. Uh, And he's just kind of pouting down, and he has his foot on the rapier case that Mauve gave him. I'm gonna sit down next to him, just like flop, so there's a loud noise and kind of startles him. (laughs) What's that? No response. I'm going to reach over slowly and then mess up his hair really quick and move my hand away. (laughs) Your hair looks terrible. (sighs) It does. Don't scoff at me. Whatever. Not my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Everett. I'm not. (sighs) But you got to talk to somebody. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Doesn't have to be me but you can't shut down. We're stuck in this. We're on a chase and an adventure and bad things are happening. You can't shut down. Yeah, I get it. 
And he stands up and he picks up the case and he uh, he walks over to the other side. And you can't hear what happens, but you see uh, Zoe pick up her hoverboard and start clapping in excitement. I want to yell loudly so that probably everyone can hear. You can't fly away from your problems forever, Everett. Actually, uh, Zoe Coat showed me a really cool book that was all about that. It was about an old man and he had a house full of balloons and, well, I guess he didn't fly away from his problems after all. How dare you, Kyle Decker? <laughs> How dare you? I am at a loss. All right, so we've talked about Pop and Ellie and uh, and Misha. Uh, Shock, are you up to anything on this trip? Yeah, Shock. Shock has been up to a bit. Um, I think I can safely assume that Lowell has not appeared since that day. Lowell has not appeared. That's what I thought. Shock is hurting. He wishes that he said or did something different, but he doesn't shut down. He spends some of his time up near the front with Misha. He spends some time talking to Kubo, like just just chatting up Kubo in the in the back. We we took Kubo, right? We didn't leave Kubo alone in Boston. <laughs> yeah, Kubo no! was with you. Kubo was fine. Okay, all right. He's been playing, uh, like you know, twenty questions. He's been playing that a lot with Jesse, and he does not seem to get tired of it, even though Jesse loses after three questions. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, the thing I want to I want to draw attention to is that at some point during the journey, Shock comes up to Hopper and asks, "Hopper Scotch, I I've been meaning to ask you for a while now. Ever since we escaped from Charmande, Misha has been calling you variations of s- the name Simon. What are you doing? Do you know why? Oh, um, I'm furious. Um, oh well, I'm I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I guess um. I think when they rebooted in Charmande after their temporary amnesia, they somehow found information in a database. Simon is my is my um, birth name. Oh, what do you like to be called then? Simon's fine. <laughs> Only if you're sure, because, you know, if if you want to be Hopper Scotch, then then that can be your real name if you want. At Hopper Scotch can be your name if you want. Hopper will do a little like <laughs> scoff to himself. And then he says, thanks, Shock, but it's okay. You know, um, I went by that name for a while, but it's not really mine to take. And Shock looks a little worried, but he says, okay. Uh, and, he, and he leaves it at that. After Shock leaves, Hopper slumps down and buries himself further in the adventures <laughs> of Captain Flyhook. Our second cereal brand is Oops, Just Angst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean for that to be as angsty as it was, but also I've been planning this for an entire arc. God. And the context has changed so drastically with last session. Would it be called, oops, I angsted again? <laughs> oops, I did it angst in. <laughs> I, I do have an, another thing that I, I think I want Misha to do at some point during the trip if we if we are having stops. At, at, at one point when we're having stops, if it's like late at night and Misha's assuring that people are sleeping, I want Misha to take out the clippy item that they have and ask them, uh, so you said you could help me for any situation that we need, correct? How can I help you? Well, this might be hard for your abilities, but... Could you help bring our friends who left the boat back safe? (laughs) Sorry, I cannot do that. I am a paperclip. I can tell you about paperclips. (laughs) Misha's going to sigh and say, yeah, I I thought as much, but I think there's there's something that might also be helpful. And they are going to look at Hulk sleeping. Can you help me with it? And then, if, if only if you want, can we like cut at that? And then later on, I, I give Hopper the thing. Oh no. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Oh no.
Hello and welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 37, Crime and Courtship Part 2. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. I've got a very, very big announcement for you today. Uh, as of today, as of right now, Quest Friends has an official Quest Friends Patreon. For those of you who aren't as familiar with what a Patreon is, it's a kind of subscription-based crowdfunding service where essentially you can pay a monthly fee in order to get more content from us. At the more affordable level, these benefits include things such as gameplay clips, monthly digital wallpapers of our official artwork, and access to my session notes after the session episodes have been released. At the middle tier level, we have things such as monthly short stories starring side characters and main characters, and a monthly small kind of digital e-magazine that includes things like the short story, annotated chat logs, and just other fun stuff. So like this month's you'll see has a crossword puzzle. And if you've got a lot of money that you want to put towards the show or you want to combine your subscription with some of your friends, up at our highest level, our $50 level, we have the option to get a once a year, one shot GM'd by one of us. In addition to the backer benefits available now, backing us on Patreon will also, in the short term, just have the benefit of making the show a little bit more affordable for me to do. And then in the long term, hopefully free me up so I can focus on adding really substantial chunks of content. As such, we've got some really fun goals that we want to do when we hit certain amounts of patrons. One of the ones I'm really excited about is that at our 50 patron level, so once we hit 50 uh, subscribers on Patreon, we'll start doing a bi-weekly talk show where we just like, you know, shoot the shit, talk about our daily stuff, but then also provide our own thoughts and behind the scenes information on the episode, on the core episode that was just released the week before. So if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, you can check out us on patreon.com backslash questfriends. You can find the link below in this episode. And then also if you go onto our website, questfriendspodcast.com, there'll be a big Patreon button on the header. So again, that's patreon.com slash questfriends. We're going to be releasing the first month's worth of content for free. So not not everything. Like, obviously, we can't release that $50 one shot for free. But some of the things that are going to appear on a more monthly basis, so those wallpapers, those gameplay clips, that e-magazine, we're going to be releasing those all for free over the course of this upcoming week so that you have the opportunity to explore what benefits you'd be getting at each level and you can choose the one that would really fit you best. All right. Thank you so much for listening to that. A reminder that if you're interested in being part of the show, you can tweet or Tumblr out about us using the hashtag QuestFriends, and you'll be added to a name pool that I use for items, locations, and characters. Our name pool participant for today is Megan, who is named for Megan or the Geeky Narwhal on Tumblr. All right. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode, and I will be back in two weeks on Monday, May 27th, with our next episode, Crime and Courtship Part 3. I will see you then. drive for three days to key and the closer you get the more vehicles you start to see clumped together over time this disorganized mass of travelers turns into intentional rows and eventually you're just a single line of cars and traveling feet that lead towards an exquisite skyline perfectly lit against the morning sun you have made it to key and you are already in line But this line does move quickly, unlike most lines do. And soon enough, you just find yourself moving through a passageway cut through the city. Above you, rows of identical species walk along dozens of overlapping walkways with such an efficiency. It almost seems like a slightly vibrating image. You know, like if a tire moves fast enough, it just looks like it's still in place. Dirigibles and balloon-armed citizens fly in a choreographed dance, scuttling all around the walkways. And to your left and right, marsupials armed with lace 
scuttle across plastic plants, tying them back into the mathematically perfect position. And before you can even take these in, you're parked in front of the tallest towering key, a spire with hundreds of rotating arms reaching across the entire city. And before you can register that, the ground is gone and you're in the, one of the arms, dozens of feet in the air and rising, until you stop. A sign in front of you flashes with the words, Visitor Inspection, and you are granted a second to breathe. And then after you take that second shock, you notice perched on your right with a blinking ear tag and a notepad in their arms, a scrat looking straight at you. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Key. I'm Steve. I'm your inspector today. I'm going to ask you just a few questions to go through. Just a quick do the inspection. Make sure that you're a good person to come into our city. Okay? All right, first. And it just starts almost blinking around as if by magic around your boat. Is your hair always like that? What is this staff made of? Is it glass or is it tree? Hmm, your eyes are different colors. Is that intentional? Is that like a, a, a flavor thing? Because we don't like a whole lot of unique colors here. Oh, that's interesting. Your hair is blue. That's another point against colorfulness. We kind of got a color scheme going on here. Okay, and then over here, this right here, what is... And Everett just slams his foot down on the rapier-sized box and glares down at the scrat. Oh my god. Which just stares up at him and without looking away, just slowly check marks a box on their thing. <laughs> and the scrat named Steve turns around and is like, All right, well, I guess I just have one last question for you. What is your business in key? Uh, well, we are coming to see a friend. Oh, that friend? Uh, and they pull out a binder of all the citizens of Key. <laughs> all right, so what is that friend? Uh, do they start with an A, a B, a D, an E? P for Professor. <laughs> Flip through the back. Professor, 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 Professor. All right, are you looking for Professor Goldstone? Professor Frank Manning? Professor... Do we actually know the professor's name? And did I just forget it? No, you just know <laughs> the professor. Okay. Yeah, so, so Misha was going to say, uh, I, I believe the first part of their nomenclature is the... <laughs> the professor. Okay, that would be in the T's because we, as a city, understand that you always want to start with the first letter. That just seems logical and more efficient. And they flip over to the T's. Uh, the, 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 the professor. Nope, no results with people. However, there's a very interesting brick if you would like to read it. Uh, can we just go on in and uh, we think she's at the University of Key. We're going to go to the University of Key. <laughs> just go, just go and know you know you have, need to have a purpose. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing here in Key? To himself, Hopper whispers, it's gotten so much worse. <laughs> and then, um, so I have a question. Yes. Uh, so I have an ability, but I don't know if it will work. Probably it will. Like what, what is Scratch is like, a, it, it is actually a, a creature, right? It's not like a hologram or anything like that. Yeah, it is a squirrel rat which we call a scrat which we realized back in like episode five was why they named scrat from ice age that and i'm still not over it yeah same okay perfect because i do have an ability called implant suggestion where i can implant a suggestion in the mind of a creature with an immediate range so if you allow me to use this thing i might implant the suggestion that it allows us to go to the university of key without you know okay what give me the specific suggestion you want to implant? Um, yeah, so the suggestion is that it allows us to go to the University of Key to look for the professor. Okay. Um give me a roll. Okay. I am going to use two levels of effort because I am good at intellect stuff. 16. 16? Mm-hmm. All right. Your mind does the thing it does with the Google search, where, where you go in and you type words into Google, except this time you can feel the data sphere kind of loop around and into the mind of the scrapped. Oh my God. And it almost pulls up like a, a Google Word document filled with this line of text. And it's hard to catch because this thing is thinking so fast that you can't like, you can't catch up. But eventually you're able to just slip in the few words. But yeah, it's no problem, dude. I'll totally let you in to see your friend, the professor. And then it automatically keeps typing and you say, here, have this informational break. Oh my God. And as this happens, it pipes up. Yeah, and I just think you need to wait three and wait three. Yeah, no, totally. You bros can go see your friend, the professor. Here, have this informational break. And it picks up a brick and it just 
throws it at you and it conks Everett in the head. Oh my God. And just hits the ground with a thud. Not our sweet boy. (laughs) And uh, the Scrat, before you can even register what happened, is just gone. Hopper is very confused and says, what just happened? Shock just shrugs. As you say this, uh, the arm, as it's like, what's going on? You start to shake as the platform you're on is picked up by another arm of the spire, which moves you across the city and drops you on, on a walkway 10 stories tall. As your vehicle is carried along this slowly moving walkway, you're able to finally get a good fucking look at your surroundings. And you're also able to look at this informational brick that is on the ground, which is just a brick. It is just a brick, but it is... Just a brick. Is there any information written on it? No, there is not. You're able to glean things looking around, though. Things are, as I said, generously slower. Uh, You can still feel the relentless efficiency of the city with dirigibles racing across the skyline at a pace they should not be able to take. But luckily, you're surrounded not by the citizens of Key, but by other visitors who are quizzically looking at the odd rules of this relentlessly efficient city, such as how every path is a one-way and how vehicles can only take right turns. (laughs) No. I hate it so much. There are citizens here as well, but as you seem to be planted in kind of the shopping district, uh, they're relaxing as best as someone from Key can. And even though you've only been here for about 30 seconds, you know that that's not that easy. In the distance, you can see the port, a collection of spires where the prodigious is set to take off at noon. It's at noon today, so we have to get on the prodigious. I mean, Hap will just, he'll be like, all right, we gotta head toward the prodigious, I guess. The easiest way is this way. He knows how to get there. <laughs> Ellie notices this. Yeah, Misha also notices this. Actually, no, they don't. Shog <laughs> also just takes us in stride, like, yeah, of course Hopper Scotch would know where things are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Misha doesn't notice. I, as a character, as, as a person, notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Misha is driving and Hopper's directing. Yes, Misha is always driving, unless unless somebody explicitly <laughs> says otherwise now. Ellie is helping Zoe, who is trying her hardest to understand this brick. <laughs> she is determined to figure out the secrets inside. And Shock, you're able to actually kind of get a look at the uh, at the city. It's weird. It's kind of shopping as people do. Lines of people come in with shins super excited to pay and lines of people come out with their perfect pristine product. Although it is weird because everyone seems to be coming out with the exact same product and you see a slightly different colored one getting thrown in the trash as they leave. Mm. And and these people are so focused on, on what they're doing. They don't seem to pay any attention to the things around them. In fact, you see a bunch of them just barely walking over or just accidentally kicking into this small shape of a, of a tiny little backpacked robot lying on the ground. Uh, he seems to have fallen and no one notices or no one cares. Shock is going to... We're still in the in the ladybug right now, right? Yeah. Shock will actually, like, in flagrant disregard for all safety, just open up the door to the ladybug and hop on out to rush over to this, this little machine. Bold of you to assume that the ladybug has doors. <laughs> It is a flap you open up, my good sir. <laughs> no! Oh, Jesse. Oh, Jesse, why? I love it so much. All right, so Shock runs over to this this poor little machine and is like trying to use the telepathic connection. Are you okay? Are you active? Are you all right? You just hear like, you know when you try to start a car and it's just like... You just hear some clicking, that's all you hear. That was the most horrifying version of a car starting sound I've ever heard. <laughs> I just wanted to say that as an aside. And so Shock is going to like shoo away the people stepping on this poor child and scoop them up and just like carry them back to the ladybug. This little machine needs help. I, I think they've been damaged. We need to get some repairs done. Nobody was helping them. Do you have the tools for that? Do I have <laughs> the tools for that? Shock just dumps, like, a bag of tools and parts <laughs> along with, like, a canister of spray metal and everything. In retrospect, it was a silly question. Uh, and you and you get to work, except you don't, because I have a GM intrusion for you. Who do you want to give the other point to? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't even know. I want to give the other point to Misha. If only because Misha had some really cool shit during the chase in what would have been last episode, I think. I gained back my XP that I spent today. (laughs) The hoarding continues. 
So as you sit down to do that, you feel a very hot light on your back from the open flap. I'm just going to call it a door from the open door of the ladybug. And you hear this organic mechanical sound. And you see with its six tentacle arms grabbed on the open door, a six foot high squid covered by a patchwork of wires and metal plates with liquid oozing out from the gaps. These plates all converge at its collar where a ring of eyes rotate around wet, pale, exposed flesh. Oh my god. Uh, uh, hello, can we help you? I will, if no one else is doing anything. Uh, yeah, Misha's gonna also do it. How can we help? Cool. Everyone rolls to be defense. <laughs> no. Well, that's a thing that we do. I'm gonna use a different die. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. As of tier four, part of my focus gives me, um, makes me skilled in attack and defense against automatons and intelligent machines. There are two reasons for it, because Shock, on the one hand, is very concerned that someone is out for Misha, uh, and is generally worried that the Jagged Dream can control machines, among other things, and recognizes that he may have to fight machines in the near future, and he has more knowledge of them than most of the other members of the party. But also, he's, as he's built up his power and modified his own brain box spellbook thingy. His his like normal uh, telepathic abilities have also become stronger, and he has a sort of low level feel now. It's not like anything he could read minds with, but it's more like a, a spider sense almost. But he can like sense something coming just a split second before it happens, so that that gives him that little extra edge when fighting machines. Uh, but this is an automaton, isn't it? Nope. Doesn't count. It does not count. Doesn't count. That's All right. bullshit. All right, let me hear me roll. Maybe if I roll on the other side of my four. I rolled a ten. I rolled a one. Oh no! You never roll ones. I know. Misha, no. Misha Jarvis. I rolled a fifteen. Okay, and Ellie does not have to roll because Ellie did not do anything. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, I rolled and got a so, 14. It's fine. <laughs> all of you get hit with 10 points of might damage. Ow! Excuse me? As these tentacle arms slam you into the sides of the ladybug and uh, pin you against the wall as like the ooze starts to drip around you as an arm reaches down and grabs the little robot and pulls it out of the vehicle. Can I try to stop it? Uh, yeah, you can try to do something. Ooh, it's just going to hurt me, isn't it? Uh, you know what? No, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I would like to... No, I want to try to, like, claw it out. Fifteen. Uh, you claw through one of its arms and it screams in pain and the robot is dropped and you hear it say... And you see this, like, canister come out and just start... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Can I activate countermeasures? On the tear gas? Uh, like, could I at least keep the can tear gas canister from opening? Uh, yeah. It... And it lets go of all of you, and its arms start spinning. Whoa, whoa. And then suddenly, you hear a voice from outside say, My shins were taken! I need your help! And suddenly, none of you can see each other. You're all invisible. What? And you see, you see its eyes all assemble to its top and just stares. And then it turns over and looks at this bipedal fish person. Uh, they're a uh, visiting called a Vargellan. They have this salmon-colored skin that glistens in the moonlight and a large fin that goes from the front of their head down the back of their neck. Their mouth is a line drawn from cheek to cheek. And uh, when they talk, it opens up and down almost like a puppet. And they're like, yeah, it just was over there. You should go check it out. And the Zeb kind of looks at uh, her and this fish, this fish woman, you don't know if it's sweat or just her skin, but she is glistening harder and then it eventually disappears and it, it, it flies away. And with that, all of you become visible again. And this fish visitant looks through and is like, well, hey, everyone, is everyone OK? Uh, what just happened? Oh, that was just a Zev. They're the police force here, but they're not very good at their job. <laughs> That was a little bit of a joke. My name's Megan. And she extends a scaly hand to you to shake. Shock will hesitantly reach out and shake the hand. Which it will do so as well. Hopper will also do so. <laughs> well, it's great to meet all of you. And before you answer, Hop 
you get a memory. The second Megan says a Zev, you recognize, oh yeah, that was a Zev, of course. I was gonna ask if I knew what it was, but I but I didn't want to like interrupt the flow. Yeah, so the Zev are a, uh, a police force in Key. Okay. The reason I told Tom it wasn't a machine is because they're actually organic creatures, but they've been covered by a patchwork of, of metal and wires that presumably help them do their job better. They're basically squids with weird armor. No one knows why they were made. We don't know if they were found, if they were created. The story changes every time. Everyone knows they originated in a location a little bit away from Key called Zev Garden. But again, no story is really consistent. Uh, the one thing we do know is that Key, as a, just a defensive powerhouse, has kind of really, really embraced the Zev. Been like, hey, look at this amazing thing that we have. And the Zev have really become kind of the face of Key. Okay, uh, in that case, after shaking Megan's hand, Apple say, thank you for that. Do the Zev just do that now? I don't think that th they were never like that before. I wouldn't know. I didn't have a whole lot of information on my brick. I just heard that if uh, you get on the wrong side of them, they can't attack what they can't see, right? <laughs> so I just turn invisible. How did you do that? Are you a nano? Yeah, I'm a nano. I, I hear I hear poems and I use them to make songs. And then sometimes I turn things invisible. But, you know, I can't think of words. Well, it, can't <laughs> it was very helpful. Thank you. No, not a problem at all. I just got here because I'm going to go on the prodigious for the University of Key. Oh, well, that's great. Have a good day. Uh, you said you were on your way to the to the prodigious? And she stops and she turns around and she's like, yeah, I'm going on the prodigious. It's the best education you can find. It'll get you into the exact career you want. Uh, one of those things is true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm, I'm Simon. This is Jacques, Misha, Ellie, Jesse, Everett, and Cubo, and unidentified small robot. And Zoe! And Zoe! Damn it! I was like, I am forgetting someone. He'll just gesture. And then says, so you said you were new in Key. Uh, we are actually also going to the Prodigious, if you want to come along, if you want to ride. Yeah, that would be great! Let me just grab my things! And you see her reach down, and she just picks up a large tuba and throws it into the boat and climbs in. You make your way across the spires, across multiple walkways, and up to the multiple congealed spires that make the port where you can find the mile-wide luxury airship, the Prodigious. And this airship oozes class. Multiple lines color its side in black and white, these colors offset by balconies scattered across the ship's side. But all of these are shaded from the weather by a wide crimson umbrella laying over the airship's top. On the top of the umbrella, a datasphere relay sends out a mighty purr, and a careful listener might even notice the whirring of dozens of mechanical components dutifully maintaining every single detail. This is not a ship. The prodigious is a clear sign of Key's opulence and its military might. And in front of this uh, ship, excited students line a walkway up onto the captain's gondola. All right, so you drive your car up. The car is put on its own like pathway. The late, well, it's not a car. It's the ladybug is set on this walkway that'll move it up and, and put it in the vehicle cabin. Mm -hmm. And you can see all the workers just kind of giving it a, a weird, <laughs> a weird look. As you do. But they let it pass and, and you're kind of just waiting in line for the prodigious with Megan. And Megan is just really excited. She's got her tuba. She's tuning it. You cannot tune a tuba, but she can. Good for Megan. <laughs> Around her, you see some people kind of get, like, a little bit distracted and upset by it. You see a blonde-haired bro with a monocle and a polo shirt. <laughs> to his right, an individual with pressed silver hair and a matching sweater vest just sits there with their arms crossed, but you can see they're tapping their foot along. Behind you, you see an older man with black hair and a frizzy blonde mustache just looking very intrigued and writing a little note into his hand. Uh, and then just all around you, you see this pack of anines with uh, matching ear tags have kind of just given you a wide berth. So they're all waiting in line. You see a, sh a few ships go through and um, everyone slowly goes through and Megan goes through and uh, she says her name. Uh, Megan Fishwife. And she uh, pulls out this uh, ID and scans it in. I did not have a last name for her. And she pulls out an ID card and gets it scanned and, and walks through. And you are all up. 
I was just about to ask, but I was too afraid that maybe you just hadn't thought of it. We don't have tickets or anything to get on this boat, right? Nope. Oh, oh no. Okay, it's a scanner. Is there a person manning the scanner or are you just supposed to scan things? Uh, there are... What's a good animal for a scanner? There are a bunch of the equivalent of cats. Damn it. Just walking across the keypads. Damn it. Working the scanners. And they also all have the ear tags. Oh, okay. I was going to just use machine control implant. <laughs> let us pass. But there are cats now. <laughs> but there are cats now. And you have not heard these cats speak, but they look very cross. But they are not machines. Okay, they're just cats. Okay. No, they, they, are, they are organic. I was thinking of trying to use Charm Machine to uh, give us a 50% chance of a scanner letting us through. I was going to use Overload. I mean, admittedly... You don't know whether or not the cats are actually running anything. It's me, so they probably are. But you don't know that for sure. I have an idea. Please, please. It's not going to help us get through, (laughs) but it can start the process of... Okay, I'm open to suggestions. I would like to put one hand on um, Zoe's shoulder and then one hand like kind of behind the general group. And say, Ellie Badge, I'm here to drop off my children. <laughs> and the cat looks at you and it just motion and uh, it walks across the keypad and the keypad says, please showcase ID. We don't have IDs. Get lost, loser. We need to pick up our IDs. We were told that we had to come here to pick up that identification. Um, give me a roll for persuasion. Yes, certainly. I I think this die might be a cross with me because this is oh my god like the second or third three that I've rolled on this die tonight. It sucks, doesn't it? Can I so, jump in? Nope, the die is rolled. Also, I have an inability in this in this as well. <laughs> so I I rolled a zero equivalent. So I'm gonna say uh, because I was gonna do a GM intrusion here, you can jump in after the fact. Okay. Because um, like normally I'd be like, oh yeah, you can do it as an asset, but there's nothing saving this. Uh, so no. as you do that, you see the ladybug go through the scanner. You hear a beeping, and then the pathway just stops, tilts itself up, and the ladybug slides back down the platform. No. Oh no. No. And the robotic voice says, "Contraband." Contraband detected. Contraband. Dozens of books. Young adult books. The worst contraband. No. Hopper groans out loud, just like, ugh. Like, um, he's so frustrated. And at that point, you see eight bricks launch into the air and almost start to fall on your head. Do any of you dodge? Yes, we would like to dodge. I would attempt to. Yeah, I'll attempt to do that. Okay, everyone who wants to dodge, roll. Well, I why wouldn't we attempt to dodge? Who's <laughs> like, nah, I want to be nailed in the face by a brick. I rolled a 20. I did that. I rolled a two. <laughs> Twelve. I'm just focused on pulling Zoe, Everett, and Jesse out of the way as well as I can. <laughs> oh god. What? A nineteen. So Ellie pulls everyone out of the way. Excuse me, I pulled myself out of the way. I rolled a twenty. Don't. Oh, sorry. I was talking about Ellie pulls the children out of the way. <laughs> the children, except for Hopper. Well, except for the rest of you. Like the the NPC children, the NP children. Okay, okay. The children specifically for NPCs. Yes, the non-player children. Okay. Um, she pulls them out of the way. Misha steps out of the way, and Ellie, you get conked on the head by this brick. And suddenly, when you do, you realize, oh, all books are outlawed here, and you will get severely ex- punished. Probably, ex- no, you will get definitely expelled if you're caught with books. In in place of books, you can purchase your uh, key-approved brick by any approved vendor, such as, and it lists a bunch of names, and the only one you recognize is Penny and Pocket. Out of character, Hop has a book. He has the Atlas. Uh, Shock has a book. He has the... um, Sir Arthur's Guide. Sir Arthur's. And so he has many, many books. Hopper's like rubbing his forehead and he's like, all right, all right, we got it. We got to do some restocking here. We got to do some reorganization. And Allie, just make sure this happens even though you do not get hit by a brick. Yeah, this happens even though Hopper was not hit by a brick, but he is like, I forgot about the books. It's all about the books. 
Ellie like leans in uncomfortably close in trying to be like a really intimidating way to hop. Okay. What do we do now? You know this place. Um, okay, yeah, that you know that's that's fair. That's my after, but first what I suggest that we do is is go get book jackets and then just put the pre-approved book jackets over the books. It works sometimes. Unless, Kyle, you don't want that. That was just the first thing I thought of. There aren't book jackets. There are brick. There are brick jackets. Then scratch that. Hopper will say, we'll sneak him in in a brick jacket. Well, I'm more concerned about what we're doing at this particular moment. Holding up the line. Uh, um, can we leave and come back? Yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, everyone give me a perception roll. A 14. A 16. I got six. (laughs) Again. Eight, but I'm good at perceiving. So who rolled above? Oh, wait, I am also trained in perceiving. Who rolled above 10? Me. Um, I I rolled a six, but I am trained in perceptions. That would lower the roll. Okay, cool. That means shit. You were, it's not, still not above 10. Okay, well, (laughs) what about me? What about me? Yeah, Emily's fine. Sorry. What? Because I only rolled an eight and that's above 10 with her skill. It, it, no, the way you phrased it upsets me. Eight is over 10 and I was sitting here like, no, it's not. (laughs) I know, I also for a second was like, what? Anyways, so everyone except for Hop, who's very distracted somehow. He's distraught. Turns over and you see a line of shops outside and uh, you recognize one of the places you can get the approved bricks and potentially the IDs is Penny and Pocket, where you normally do your shopping. And sure enough, kind of on the uh, on the bay line, on, on the edge of these spires, you see the familiar small star-studded tent of the three Penny brothers and their store, Penny and Pocket. I want to turn back to the cat and say, I will be back, <laughs> but I want you to know that I will not stand for the way you have been treating my children. I don't know if you've ever heard of a lawsuit or perhaps a law tux, but I will be taking this up with my friends in higher places. Cats are very, you don't want to mess with a cat in court, man. You do not mess with a cat in court. They have plausible deniability. You can't touch them. (laughs) Oh my God, Hallie, why? All right. Oh, I love it. No. So do you go to Penny and Pocket? Yes, we do. And as you walk back, Ellie, uh, you're kind of trailing behind, making sure everyone is safe, staring at the cats. And as you walk, you feel a hand delicately brush against yours. And as you turn over, you see that this long, elegant hand is covered by arm-long gloves that rise up to this woman wearing a beautiful, professional uh, green suit and very, very high heels. And she walks forward, and her right hand lifts up her ID and scans the card in. And you just hear the ID say, Professor Vera Leani, welcome to the prodigious. Holy shit! put in the weird organic mechanical sound that's like